When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you it's never too late to write your next chapter. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Transforming 45. I am looking forward to a really beautiful conversation with the human who is here with us today. So I would like to welcome Dana Canetto to the show. Uh, Dana helps feminine visionaries, thought leaders, paradigm shifters, change makers, healers, and coaches who are looking for clarity on the next incarnation of their soul's purpose and ready to align with the sacred feminine leadership in a new way. As a woman who's been through her own rites of passage toward embodying her deep purpose and aligning with her sacred feminine, her deepest passion and greatest joy is watching the magic that unfolds when a woman steps into her embodied feminine presence. And I, at the time we're recording this, it is very close to Samhain or Halloween. And this always feels like such a deeply sacred time where I am really connected to my pagan and sacred divine roots. So I'm really glad to be having this conversation today. So welcome to the show. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks so much for inviting me. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me your story. How did you get to where you are today? Um, As we always know, our stories are so much longer than we actually think, but (laughs) meaning I've always grown up just very insecure, sensitive, not really realizing it, I don't think, until I went on this journey, which really started, I would say, 2010. Um, That was when my father, I mean, there was many, uh, many awakenings throughout that, you know, the time before that, you know, body image stuff, anorexia, you know, like health things that I incurred. And in 2010, after my father passed away, Uh, I'll never be able to explain it in words. It was just this energy that came over me. I was sitting on my couch, looking out the window. I was, I, when my father passed, it was one of the most grueling times of my life. I didn't realize it would impact me the way it did. And, um, usually what happens with most of us, right? When we go on these awakenings, we have deep loss in our lives. And I just had this knowing that I was not living the life I was here to live in always. And mostly when it came to my purpose. And so it was like, there was no bypassing the calling. Um, I just went to seek it. And to make a very long story short, I thought I wanted to go into nutrition. And I 
found all these emails from the Institute of Integrative Nutrition and went to be a health coach and got certified in that because I had so many health issues. I think what really needed to happen was I needed to heal my body and reconnect to my body in a new way, in this holistic way that I never even like fathomed would, was out there. Um, because that then led me into energy medicine and shamanism and Celtic shamanism and, and so many other modalities. But what really um, opened the doors for me was in 2017, after a two year, I want to say like passage out to Colorado that I went for many months uh, during this program and apprentice that I did, where I really just connected back to myself and my main kind of propriety methodology was created. And that is revival dance. And it's a sacred dance journey that I brought myself on not realizing what I was doing at the time. And I remember being so timid going into it. And I was like, no one's around me. Why am I being so timid to move my body in this way or to, you know, put on this weird music that I never really like, I was always a dancer when I'd go out to bars, but this is something different, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, it's funny because shamans that, you know, there's a, there's a, kind of a famous saying out there that, you know, when somebody comes to them with deep suffering, adversity, pain, you know, a shaman would say, when is it, when was it that you stopped dancing? I just got the chills all over because that's kind of what happened after my father passed. I lost myself and really on this journey to purpose was just finding myself again, which is what I love helping women do, you know? So now I see why it was such a grueling process that I went through, but yeah, that's, that's a bit of my story. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. It is grief becomes, um, as you we were talking and I was thinking about a way to process it, I was like, grief almost becomes this incubator space mm -hmm. where I've, I've talked about it on the show a lot. My mom passed away when I was 30 and my two kiddos were very little at the time. Yeah. And she was only 52 and had, she was diagnosed with cancer in very, it was a very traumatic time in my life. It was just before I was heading back to like my old, my youngest hadn't even turned one yet. So mm -hmm. she died a month before I was supposed to head back to school after my maternity leave. And <clears throat> what I see it now as was really this incubator that is both, it's, it's hard to talk about because in our culture, we really try to push, you know, death and grief away. Mm -hmm. And look at it through a very narrow lens. So when I, when I say it was both deeply, it was so painful, but also a gift. Yeah. It, it absolutely was that, that for me. Yeah. I totally agree with you. And you know, it's interesting. And I, I try to help, you know, when, usually when women, when I work with them, there is that story, right? This, mm -hmm. this pivotal time in their life that they still haven't maybe healed from or gotten over. And it is a gift in essence. It doesn't feel like it at the time. But one thing I have acknowledged is this is going to, it's coming out. It always sounds morbid, but I don't mean it like, oh, it's a blessing that this person is no longer here. Right. I'm not, that's not all that I'm saying, but I, I have now since received the gifts that my father has given me since he's been on the other side and I can feel them and hear them, hear him. And it's my life was very much, uh, he was like my idol. Like I just, he was such an amazing human being to so many people and kids in our community. And 
because of that, and I didn't trust myself growing up, I constantly sought out advice from him. And I led a lot of my life based on what he told me, you know, I had an idea around college and he was like, go do this. Okay, go do this. Now this isn't everybody's path, right? But a lot of my core wounding was around self-trust and, you know, everybody kind of has that different flavor. And I see that when um, I saw that in my journey, how much I sought validation and I sought advice from others and I wasn't tuning into myself. And so this kind of, as I say, rites of passage I've been on and what I try to, you know, I just am so passionate about talking about is like just that reconnection with the body and listening in because it's within us. But I was always so scared to not just hear it, but like, is this right? Like this anxiety mode, right? And don't get me wrong. I still, there's moments, right? Because I'm very transparent about that too. Like I'm not perfect. I don't always trust myself 100%, right? But it's just this invitation to trust and see what happens and what unfolds. So there's just always that gift and it's it's finding the gift in in the journey and the grief, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. And I completely understand your perspective. And it's very similar to mine as well, where my mom was this force of absolute force of nature. And in many ways, I lived in her shadow. And I'm not sure. Actually, no, that's not true. I do know. I 100% know that I would not be on the path that I am on now were she still living. Because my life, I was living a very different life at that point. And it was watching the way she exited this world, actually, that motivated me to mm-hmm. really tune into my own self and my yeah. own power. Yeah, I so yeah. agree with that. And I think that's the beauty of it, too. It's that and then trusting to move forward with it. Right. Yes. And yeah, just not being afraid. Like one of the big things I, I just it's like. Yeah, sometimes it's hard, but it's it's much harder to stay where we are. And we just don't realize that until we move forward and see like, oh, this is this is life. This is life. This is life. Facing yes. it, being in that central experience of everything that you're being shown and given through the process. Yeah. yeah. And there's so much grounding in the work that you're doing around somatic reconnection mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we can we can more easily stay. I use the word easily. It's not, that's not the right word, but for lack of a better one at this point, we, it's easier to stay in that space when we're disconnected from our bodies, Mm -hmm. right? It's easier to stay. And that was another experience that I had through my grief journey was realizing the way I exited my body because I still will remember, I still remember like so clearly the day I came back in and it Mm -hmm. was connected to music as well. And I was driving, I had picked my boys up from daycare and we were driving home and a song came on the radio and I actually heard it for the first time in months. And I started singing Mm -hmm. and it was in that actual sensory reconnection with my body where I went, Whoa, I've been gone for mm-hmm. months i have not yeah. been inhabiting this home yeah. and and yeah so i'm interested to hear about how um that somatic reconnection happened for you oh i love this because i do remember this one very powerful experience so what's so interesting to me and this is why i always say like our purpose is like and i i use that word because uh, it's the word right i mean yeah. we can look at purpose in so many ways right so when I look at what really lifted me, lifted me up, what reconnected me always, it really was dance. 
even though it was always out and in these other ways and forms, I feel like spirit was then inviting me like, now let's do this in this way, right? And so when I was actually away and, you know, this apprentice that I was doing, or maybe at the time I was in the program, there was a lot of different, um, I was doing wilderness walks and shamanic practices and sacred dance and really connecting with the goddess and the feminine. And, and I was in a room with 20, 19 other women. And I don't, re- I wish I could remember the song. I don't I think I was just lost in the experience of what was happening. And I literally it was like the last day, not of the, it was the last day of that weekend. And I literally fell to the ground and just started crying that I wasn't upset. I couldn't, mm-hmm. and I chilled all over my body right now as I'm reliving this, but it was just this, this experience that I was having that I'd been here before, that this wasn't new. And I, this isn't the first time I was with these women. This wasn't, you know, and I was just accessing, I feel like another dimension at that time, but it was just this embodied, Again, something I can't even express in words, just this embodied feeling of being alive and being in my body. And that was when I, I already knew, I felt like I knew dance was like a part of it. I had no idea what it looked like. And revival dance didn't come till like a year later in the shower, no less, buck naked. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, <laughs> running out. And it wasn't even named yet. Like that's the name that came in. My husband's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I got to look this up. I got to, you know? So I feel like with, when it comes to music and when it comes to dance, especially for women, like we all have this very, like you're talking about like the voice and the music and the, like, we all have these ancient sacred feminine roots within us. And that's where we tune into. And when we, when we get into the body and that sacred connection to source and like, like, this is us, this is who we are as women. I'm not saying men aren't this, this is the feminine energy, right. But our intuition and is, is here. So when we have those, that reconnection and we feel the power of that. It's like, you can't ignore that or not go back to it. (laughs) Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. It's one of the reasons why I find this work is so, is so deeply powerful. Mm. It's, you know, the conversation I have with my clients is there is energy in your body, right? It is, it's electricity that makes your heart beat. Like there is actual measurable energy in your body. And there is also the life force energy that is in your body. And Mm -hmm. if we are still, and if we are stagnant, and if we are disconnected, that energy just builds and builds and builds. And I feel like it was our, our, it was our sacred feminine knowing before Mm -hmm. it was taken from us Mm -hmm. that we knew moving our bodies was such an essential part of loving ourselves, of giving ourselves opportunity to hear ourselves, to move that energy and do it in a way that is joyful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I always said that I had this vision of, um, and, and maybe it'll come to fruition. I don't know right now. It's just not the time, but you know, I've, I've asked women in the past, I'm like, how would you feel if you just had like this huge temple space that we can all go and do, you know, have sacred dance, have these different artists come in. And because so much of dancing for me, at least growing up was like in a bar or at a wedding, or it's like, can we just go and dance? And I'm not, you know, negating that there's so many beautiful other things out there, journey dance and um, five rhythms. And I mean, there's so many, there's so much access to those things, but 
where do we have a place that we could just like go commune, dance? And, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. we need more of that in the world. And I think that it would just bring, it would be such a, a healing, healing place for women to come to, because I think also a lot of us, I can speak for myself at least. And I know a lot of women I work with relate to this, but there's that, you know, the feminine wound that I think we're all tapping into too, and how we also treat ourselves because of this feminine wound. So Mm -hmm. having that community to dance together and celebrate each other is I think pivotal. Absolutely. I agree because as you're, as you're speaking, so I love dance. I love to watch dance. I love to, it, it, it feels so powerful to me. And at the same time, it is so hard for me to just mm. release and let go and let that rhythm move through my body. Mm-hmm. And when you started talking about the feminine wound, I made that connection of, of course, mm. Of course, it's still difficult for me to do that because I am still, it's still so deeply here, right? It's Mm -hmm. right. It's literally here in my chest. Can you talk a little bit more about how you experience the feminine wound? Yes. So I I would love to just touch on what you said at first, because I think Mm -hmm. that's so common for women. And, you know, when I had put Revival Dance out there after a while, I changed the name because... I didn't want women to feel intimidated that it's this, you know, dance and they have to get, you know, get up and dance in front of people. And uh, a lot of the music that I use that I think helps is this, it's like activating. It's very shamanic. It's drumming. It's almost like you can listen to it a few times and you, you like, it's almost like your body can't even not feel it, you know, in that way. But, um, I, I, I'm just naming that it's, that is so common, um, that kind of fear of like, and that's how I was at first when I had stopped for a while. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm in my own home and I feel weird. Like, you know, and it's cause I was so disconnected still from this part of me when it comes to the feminine wound. It's funny that you say that you feel it in your chest. Cause I think, I actually think that's common and I feel it here. And I think the reason why is because this is, well, it's the heart, right? So it's that deep pain and it's also the shutdown, right? So we get shut down from this feminine wound and I'm definitely like, I don't say a victim of it, but like we all have that, not all, right? I don't want to speak for everybody, but many of us, whether it's our mothers, our sisters, friends, and it's exactly what you said. Like I'm trying, I'm, I'm pausing because I'm feeling into it, but it's exactly what you said where it's here. And it's almost like that here. Mm-hmm. It goes from like heart to voice and you're cut and it's, yeah. And it's hard to show up in that. And I think so many people who are going this journey and wanting to step into their, I'm using air quotes here, uh, of our purpose, whether that's your vocation, whether that's just who you be in your family and really being who you truly are that's where we stop ourselves because of it. Jealousy. We don't want to be too powerful, too beautiful, or um, disempowered because we can't be in our power around people. Or maybe we have to be too much in our power. We can't be soft. You know, it's, it's like, there's so many different flavors of it. And it's, it's very sad because it still exists. And it's also something I'm very passionate about. So I can go on forever <laughs> on that topic. But 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we can, I mean, not exactly forever, but we can talk about it for a long time because it's certainly, I mean, it's the theme of my, of my journey as well. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Listeners will have heard me tell this story, but in my career, I was very clearly told to be quiet mm-hmm. that, you know, something that a male colleague would say, if mm-hmm. I said it, it was mm-hmm. the feedback I got was, well, you're going to have to figure out a non-threatening way of saying that. God. Yeah. Yeah. Or, um, I had, I had won an award and I gave a speech and, someone, a male leader in my life at the time said, oh, your speech was so cute. And (laughs) I am a lot of things. Cute is not one of them, nor have I ever been. And it is all of those little moments that we almost don't recognize as Mm -hmm. it's happening because it Mm -hmm. is so subtly cutting. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That just creates this um, energy within us Mm -hmm. of, uh, oh, that hurts, Mm -hmm. right? It is an energetic wound that comes, Mm -hmm. that comes toward us. And so as humans, because we don't like pain, we start building up this wall around ourselves that looks like quiet stillness. Yeah. 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 I really, and I, I definitely... I had that in the workplace. Um, and I, I remember at the time, I, I just, I just remember crying and crying and crying because I took it so personally that something was wrong with me. And at the same time, I knew I was set up that I got fired. Um, and because I became close with someone who was a little higher up, and also mm-hmm. friends with this person, and this person happened to be my boss. And it's a long story. But I, it was a complete setup and I questioned it for a little while until I received a letter a few, a couple of years later, um, apologizing, not from that person, but from the person that had to be a part of it in order, you know, but it's, it's painful. It's really painful. And it's like, well, okay, but how am I supposed to succeed in the world if I am moving up and I'm taking initiative, which is what I was doing with this person, taking initiative, being more in my power, which I thought was a positive thing, which then triggered someone in power. And right. So it's like, you can do no wrong. Step it up. But then if you step it up, nope, that's too intimidating. It's time to step down. Right. So yeah. Yeah, it's a tricky world to navigate in this. And I, I guess, it, yeah, it just boils down to always just coming back to self. Once you recognize and realize that what might be happening inside is that wound, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, I, your story is my story. And yeah. so if your story is my story, then our story is everyone's story. Mm-hmm. But I also certainly remember a time I was in the bathroom and crying at work. I was, no. in, I was in a stall yeah. in the bathroom and I was just sobbing. And someone, I still remember someone came in and they just were like, uh, are you okay? You know, those are moments of, I don't want to leave you here because you clearly are in distress, but nobody knows what to do with a woman who's crying in the bathroom. Right, right. Um, And in that, at the same time, much like with grief, 
because it was a grief process. Yeah. That that was a turning point moment for me where I realized this role I have been playing for the last it was about 18 years at that point, it doesn't fit me anymore. Mm-hmm. And both the system and myself are showing me that very clearly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so as as painful as it is, I think there is a movement or there is a shifting that is happening at this point, mm-hmm. particularly for women or female identifying people who are starting to move out of those very patriarchal structures yeah. and make systems that work for them. Yes. Yes. I just literally, it's will be posted today. It's not yet, but I, I literally just wrote a little story about this of, you know, my journey, and this is for anyone who is on this passage of really wanting to speak more outwardly. And again, I'm always transparent where I am at in my journey, because I think it's important that we show up and nobody's perfect here, right? We're always evolving. No one's at a place where they got it all together, right? And I just did a post about that today around when I went to uh, Omega Institute in New York with my husband. And I had the opportunity to, it's a very prominent spiritual teacher out there. And I had the opportunity to ask a question. And I remember just shaking and saying, how do I show up fully as who I am with with what I know I'm here to do in the world and not get persecuted, like literally and figuratively. And I remember like feeling my voice trembling, just even asking the questions. There was a room full of people in this retreat, this weekend retreat. And he just looked at me straight in the eyes and he says, you're a systems buster. And at first that those words didn't like, I'm like, what? Cause like, that's not words I would use. <laughs> and in my body, I was like, he got me like in a second, because like I said, I'm like, I, I'm here to be a paradigm shifter. And in the post I was writing today was like, uh, so I had some revelations. The energies has been crazy, especially I'm all Libra, Scorpio, Sag in my chart. So like these three months are just like insane for me <laughs> and just going through the eclipse. Oh my God. And just so much. Um, and I had this awareness that I'm still not saying everything I want to say. And that so many of us are like holding back in what we really want to say. And I'm like, you know, I'm going through my next level, my next level, my incarnation of like, nope, it's not about me anymore. Like, say what you got to say. Don't just do it in your small little Facebook group or your, you know, like, like claim it from the rooftops. And, you know, this is for humanity, not for, our, you know, it's for us. Right. But it's not about us. It's about what do we stand for? And, you know, so, yes, it's just that rocking the boat. Cause we need to, at this time, we need to shake the system up. It's not, it's not conducive as we can see what's going on in the world. And that's just a mere reflection of what's going on with each of us individually, not every single one of us, but right. It's like the combination, mm-hmm. the culmination. So, yeah. Stay tuned for more transforming 45 after this short break. Okay. I want to come back to what you talked about being a systems buster. Yeah, Because I think there's a really beautiful intersection between the work that you're doing and being exactly that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, that's why we're having this conversation, yeah. right? Like I am also a systems buster. I was always trying to find ways to make change in a system that was 
never going to change. But as we see, we see it happening globally on all kinds of fronts. All of the structures that we have put into place are crumbling before our very eyes, Mm -hmm. right? Which is as again, in our humanness, it's really hard on our central nervous systems, Mm -hmm. right? It's why we are in this place of fear response to everything, because that's what our brains are wired to do in this moment. And so hearing and seeing so many people coming out of these systems and saying, like actually shining the light. And like you said, saying the thing out loud of, that system is from another time and is no longer in service to the humans who are on this planet. And I think that the structure that you are creating around movement is such a beautiful, gentle way of showing just how um, surreptitious that can be. Does that make sense? Yeah. When you say surreptitious, Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, because when people hear things like dance or music or, you know, all of those things, they think of it as being this, you know, oh, extra. Yeah. Yeah. Airy fairy. It's extra in life. It's not something that we actually need to survive. Right. But that is not the truth. And that is why when you come in on that angle, it's like you can come in sort of on a way that people don't even see you until you're able to make them feel just how necessary that is to life. Yeah. I'm so glad you're saying this because I feel like a part of my mission too and my message is that there's no separation between the mundane and spirituality. There's no separation between beauty and spirituality and money and spirituality and all these 3D like material, you know, ways that we're here to live. But going back, I mean, historically, right? Like dance was such a prominent thing that people did in ceremonies, sacred ceremonies in, you know, uh, even religious ceremonies or in the celebrations or the way I also look at the dance that I created and facilitated, and, you know, women do it in their own space. Um, together when I do workshops or retreats and things like that. But when it comes to dance, it's not like I would say I'm a, um, I'm not a dancer by trade. I'm a dancer by essence. Right. And also when we look at dance, we don't, it's not, it doesn't have to look a certain way. When we look at the definition of dance, it's how our body moves rhythmically. So think about how our emotions are moving and our thoughts are moving and it's almost like that's normal what's you know it's normalizing now this movement this sacred movement of dance in a way that allows us to release i mean it's such a powerful release it allows us to ground in our body and now some people might say i you know for me dancing takes me out it also depends on your intention going into it Right. So if we're going into a movement and again, with this dance, and I always say to women, like, it's not, it might not look like dance in the moment. You might be crawling on the floor. You might be, you know, and it's, 
for the way I look at it for these women and even men, if they choose, there's lots of men that, that do different like journey dance and things like that. Right. I just happen to work a lot with women, so I'm not excluding either or, um, but it's a way that we can reconnect. This is survival. It's a way that we can reconnect back to the body, just like exercise, just like running, just like walking and getting to know what's stirring inside because that's when we start to have imprints at least for myself and the women that do it it's just like they have imprints of who they are they remember who they are it's a dance of remembrance so yeah i hope that answers the question but um it's 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 yes it's it might seem different right to some who are used to the more med just meditation or and I will say this about meditation. I love meditation, but a lot of people, you know, it's like they they have a hard time with it. Your meditation might not be sitting meditation. I know a lot of spiritual teachers, even myself, sometimes I can't always meditate sitting and I have to move. And sometimes dance is literally just like swaying to music. Moving When we move our body, we move the emotions. And Tony Robbins says this a lot. It's like when we move our, it's like when we change our physiology, we change our mindset. We change everything. It's like that snap. So yeah. there's so many way avenues uh, I can go with with this, but the first thing yeah. to come up. <laughs> Which is what makes it so exciting, right? That there are so many ways that it can be expressed mm -hmm. and and the way it is in, in everyone's lives. And when you were talking about meditation, mm -hmm. what it made me think of is more than anything, it is helping you know yourself and know your body. So True. as we start, you know, as we start peeling back the layers of everything and peeling back yet again, peeling back mm -hmm. the structures. So the structure mm -hmm. around that says what meditation has to look like. Mm -hmm. The intention of meditation is for you to go inside of yourself and listen to yourself and, and build that sense of self-trust. Yes. And so if your body is saying to you, meditation looks for you like movement, yes. then that's the answer. And that's the paradigm shifting. Right. Yes. It doesn't, nothing has to look the way it did. And that's, you know, it's, I, I asked, you know, I did a, I also did a Facebook live this morning on this whole topic of like, let's start redefining everything. Why are we, we're, everything's so defined in a certain way. And I'm like, no more of that. Let's, what does this mean for you? And that's what matters. What do you value? And that's what matters. And I love what you're saying about coming back to the body and we get to tune into what's going on. Cause even in like the, the actual first program, because I weave revival dance throughout a lot of my programs, but the first program that was created was the core of it. And the first portal that we go through is reawaken. Mm -hmm. And it's activating a reawakening in, in you as to what's stirring, what's being called forth, what do you need to know? What and so it's exactly what you're saying, because we start to like receive once we are able to tune in in such a beautiful way to what do I want? How do I want to like live life? How do I want to be expressed? And we forget that, especially as we get older and we're just such in our shackles of should and confines of conditioning and all the things that we're like, it's all right, the wild woman is coming out and she's ready to be free. <laughs> no more good girl. <laughs> no more people pleasing, you know? Yeah, I love that. I know the the architect architect archetype of the wild woman mm -hmm. is so fraught, right? In so many ways. Yeah. 
And I absolutely love it because when I think of the wild woman, I am reconnected to my ancestral roots Mm -hmm. of women who were leaders, who stood in their power, who were the heart of communities. And it was their wildness that led them, right? It was their, it was their wildness that built these communities. And then Mm -hmm. in the, in the, it was their wildness also that was dangerous. And so I feel like a big part of the work that we are engaging in right now Mm -hmm. is releasing the energy of danger around that. Yeah, absolutely. Because I feel like, how do I say this to make sense? Um, I almost feel like it's more dangerous not to, Mm -hmm. because we're putting ourselves in danger when we're not being who we truly are emotionally. I mean, I can think of many moments where I didn't trust myself. I didn't break out of my fear. I didn't. And I'm just beating myself up. I'm in my head. People are stepping on me. You know, it's like, cause I'm allowing it when we can, but it takes, I want to say this too. It's not just like, okay, I'm going to step into my wild wound, right? <laughs> like it takes a lot of shedding of old stuff um, to be able to even like, I, I kind of look at the the passage, even, you know, I, from what I've seen with women, it's like, they come and enter this work. It's like the awakening of the wild woman. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they, they wake up and they step into this kind of more priestess air, right. Of like, Oh, I'm embodying my spirituality and I'm owning my power. And then it's like the Empress awakening. You know what I mean? It's like this, this transition, this transgression, but it's like, it's not the wild woman. I think too, it's like that. Um, when we think of wild, it's primal. It's not danger because we're so associated. That's like the English language too. There's so many words that I've, I've started to look up even through, I love etymology and, you know, Mm -hmm. like, uh, even wealth, right. Which is so crazy. It really is not just about money. If you look up, it's, it's about actually health, stems from health. And anyway, I'm going on a tangent here, but it's like, there's so many attachments that we have to certain words and we're, and wild is one of them. And it's really more so, no, we're just being asked to be in the wild, to be connected to nature, to earth, to the rhythms of our body. We are so in alignment with the moon. I mean, come on, like yes. with our cycles and the ocean and how, like, you know, how much more validation do we need? That we need to get back to that primal wild root of ourselves and be yeah, free. Yeah, absolutely. And I, it just along that same vein, I, when I was still in education, I always wanted to do a study on how wind impacts humans Ooh. because on days that were really windy, which is mm-hmm. high amounts of energy, right? High mm-hmm. amounts of planetary energy. And that's, that's the wind. Kids were out of their minds, <laughs> And <laughs> always, if I looked out the window and it was windy, I knew I was, I knew yeah. we were going to be in for it that day. Yeah. And, and it also impacts the adults. Like if we let ourselves, but because we are so disconnected and shut off and we're like, no, mm-hmm. I just have to deal with this. But if we were to let that wild energy be, and instead of trying to do the opposite of what that energy is asking us to do, 
right? Mm -hmm. So in that like very concrete example, kids are wild when there's lots of energy and we're Mm -hmm. still asking them to be quiet and sit still and be small. Where if we were to lean into that energy and say, you know what? Yeah, let's go outside. Let's have this experience. Let's let's figure out what's hap- what is happening with the wind. What do you feel? Mm-hmm. What is coming up for you? It yeah. is the what you were saying of that like it's it's that why it's that wild idea. Mm-hmm. But it is the truth of who we are as humans and it is the resistance that we create for ourselves in pushing against what are our natural instincts. Mhm. God, I love what you're saying. It just brings me back to the idea of like, even when we're children, right? Like what you're saying is when I like a kid has some burst of energy and starts running around and like they're yelled at to stop mm-hmm. to instead, right? Like, okay, let's let you out. I'll let you out. <laughs> like we're a dog, right? Like I'll let yeah. you out. For, like, let's go in the backyard. Let's release. Let's kind of scream, do what you need to do. Because obviously, yeah, there's some, something going on there, right? And the other thing around the wind, you brought me back to a memory again in Colorado when we were in this temple space and this mountain of Colorado is beautiful. And each one of them, we'd go around in council and each one of us would share. And when maybe it was like, we just went through an experience or an exercise or something. And when somebody would share something like so powerfully amazing and they're laughing, like literally no joke, like a hummingbird would go by. Right. And then somebody would speak about something else and they're just like, oh, like in their raw, vulnerable, all of a sudden a cloud would come and it's like, like the wind would go. Like it was amazing what we witnessed in the whole place with windows outside every time a woman shared. So there's something so real and so true about this connection and the mirroring. And that's why I always like, I don't know if you've ever done a medicine walk, but that's like powerful, just going out and receiving if you're looking for answers, right. Receiving from nature, what it's, what it's here to tell you. Cause there's just so much of that available to us and we forget. Yeah, I, I did. That's how I started my day today. So mm. I was, <laughs> I was at the lake this morning and that's exactly what I did. I, I sent, started out with the intention of show me the signs that I need for today. And as I was coming around the corner Actually, I noticed it on my way back, right where I'd asked the question of, could you show me a sign when I was coming back around the other way? And and our landscape right now is, um, I love it in its starkness, but the leaves mm-hmm. have fallen from the trees and okay. it's, yeah. you know, it, decay is in the air and it just, for me, it feels really sacred. But as I came around this corner where I'd asked the question of, please send me a sign, there was this sprout of beautifully vibrant yellow flowers in the midst of this gray landscape. And when we let ourselves be open and paying attention requires us to be in our bodies. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. The presence. Yeah. Can, can, do you mind me asking you what did the yellow flower mean for you? Uh, Well, for me, it just was, I, I am early on in my entrepreneurial work, right? So my question almost always is, I'm doing the right thing, right? Like, this is all going to be okay, right? Yes. And so that was my question again this morning, even though I sometimes feel like my guides are like, can you stop asking that question? Like, seriously, (laughs) we've answered it a thousand times. Yeah. (laughs) Look at the things that are happening in your life. You're good. You're fine. Uh, But yeah. 
It's so funny because I asked her to sign on something on Saturday. I was really struggling with a decision. And um, I think it was all the energies that was going on too. Like I was really like, do I do this thing? Do I not do this thing? Why am I so, you know, and like I got the clearest sign ever. Right. And then the next day I still went in that like, oh, I should have. Oh, that's right. I couldn't like the, there was an actual obstacle that like stopped me from it. But there probably was a way around it, but it would have been really difficult. Right. And then then the next day I'm like, well, I don't know. Give me another sign <laughs> that that was actually that I did. I wait. Did I create that to happen? Or was that an actual sign? Like, it's so funny how we can do this to ourselves. And then yeah. like the next day, my a friend of mine had texted me something because it was about, you know, um, going to this place. And um, and it, anyway, a sign came through so clearly. And I'm like, oh, God, you know, you're probably like, you know what, already like here, here's another yeah. phone, you know, it is really <laughs> funny. Yeah, I think it's important that you bring that up, though, because we still, even though we are, when we reawaken and we are more connected to our, to energy and we are more connected to our divine and the source, we still are human. Sure. We're still in this human skin, having this human experience. And so doubt will always creep in. And I feel like that gets in the way for some people where they feel like um, a spiritual awakening or healing is a destination. I'm like, no, sister, you're human. It's never going to be a destination. Right. It's right. always going to be the journey. There's always the evolution. Yeah. And I, I, I love that you just named that too, because it's like, we can say in those moments of like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's my human coming in. Okay. What do you need human? Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is a big thing around feminine, you know, energy is that idea of compassion. And being really devoted to self and not, and offering that compassion because we can beat ourselves up and I'm guilty of it. Right. And I still have moments and I'm just like, at least I have the tools and I know, okay, I know where that's coming from. I know whose voice is that is. I know, you know, and it's just really always inner parenting self kind of stalking yourself, like where your emotions are, what do you need in that moment? And I think it's so important because in those moments we could drive ourselves crazy if we're just like, you know, constantly questioning or not trusting ourselves and seeking outside validation, which there's nothing wrong with seeking outside validation. As long as where you're seeking it, the power is still over in your hands. Yes. It's a big thing that I really stand for because there's too much of that out there, you know? Yes, absolutely. I completely agree. I think that is so important that, yeah. And again, it goes back to our humanness, right? There are elements that we need as humans Mm -hmm. and connection is one of them. Yeah. And so, but it is in that external validation that making sure that it's still, that we still feel it, Mm -hmm. right? Like if someone is externally validating us and I'm, and I'm putting all of my stock in that person's opinion, but I'm not actually feeling it. That's mm-hmm. when I know that there, there's a disconnect that's happening there. Sure. That no matter what anybody else says, if I don't feel it in myself, yep. then, then I need to keep doing the work and digging to find out what's at the bottom of that. Absolutely. I did a, you're just reminding me, maybe I'll repost this somewhere else. But this was a big thing that I wrote about um, when it comes to validation is like, let's redefine this idea when people say like, you know, that, that, you know, you're an argument, like, why do you need to be validated? Why do you always need to be validated? Or, you know, and it's like, that is a human need. 
but not when it comes too far that we're always seeking validation. But sometimes we need that reflection, especially women to women. You know, um, you know, I see your power, I see your medicine or like, I'm always, I feel like when I'm working with a woman of like, cause she's in that place of not trusting herself fully and I'll mm-hmm. help her validate, but I will always say, does that feel right for you? Cause this, this might be what I see, or, you know, if I'm intuiting or something, but it's always like, yes, handing that power over making sure it feels right for you when you're needing validation in that moment, but not from a place of always needing, because then there comes that time that we have to then grow into trusting. Okay. Like I've been validated enough around this. Like, I think like I got it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I really love the way you framed that of handing them the power back. Like, yes, Mm -hmm. I can give you a reflection because Mm I was just recently having this conversation with a client around it's really hard to see from inside, right? It's that forest for the trees. When you are in it and you are surrounded by whatever it is that you are working through, it can be really difficult to see the broader perspective. Mm -hmm. And that's where that connection and community with other humans is so powerful because we are, we have a different perspective, literally. Mm -hmm. And so we can, if you ask me, I can provide you for this other perspective but I'm always going to hand the power back to you. And I think that is, that's a really key statement. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're welcome. I, I know that I've been in circles and I'm, there's no judgment here when I say this, I just know that I've been in programs and situations to where um, I didn't have that. And I wasn't in a very empowered state and I did give my power away mm-hmm. and we can say, all the time she took my power, he took my power, they took my power. And really what's happening is we're letting it and no shame or blame. We're just, I was in a very vulnerable place and it was a very sticky situation that to be very honest with you was probably one of my biggest, darkest, deepest soul of the moments that lasted beyond a year. And it was, took layers and layers to unravel from. And I know that there are people out there because I have conversations with women who don't sign up for things because they are in, they're in fear of what they have went through where they were they felt disempowered or lost their power or didn't get what they were promised or whatnot and it's like it's part of the journey unfortunately because mm-hmm. it is out there and we can't avoid it and it's just learning and being in tuned tuned into your body trusting your intuition because that's why I didn't trust my intuition in this instance and just following those cosmic breadcrumbs and being in a space of discernment. Like, yes. Yeah. And discernment is so, is, is so important and so powerful. And it is those moments of, you know, having to have the experience, right. I, this is resonating a lot for me because I recently, my husband and I went for a little weekend away and part of it was going to, um, we just happened to be driving through the town where I went to university and early on in my university years, I was in a relationship that was very toxic for, uh, for many, many reasons. And I lived in that space for a long time afterwards of, I let him take my power. Mm. And there was, there's so much, that's the place where we are not sending love to ourselves, right? Mm. When we're like, oh, because we're, we're being so hard on ourselves of saying, why did I let him take my power? And what, and, and I ran into him at a conference 
many years later. And it was, it was a real shock because I I was not anticipating seeing this human. And Mm -hmm. in the moment he, he saw me and we, you know, did the initial small talk. And then he said, I want you to know that it has always been on my mind. I always said to myself, if I ever did run into you somewhere, I wanted to apologize to you Mm -hmm. for the way I treated you. And I let him off the hook in the moment because I just was so overwhelmed that this was happening. I was like, oh, we're kids. It was fine, blah, blah. Yeah. But I let myself sit with that experience and realize that was not at all what I wanted to say. Mm -hmm. And so it was that process of discernment. And so I went back to him and I said, actually, can we talk? And Mm -hmm. we went and we found a place to sit and we talked and we talked and I said, what I do, and I need to thank you as well, because you showed me what I would never, ever accept for myself again. Yes. And in that moment, I was, I took my power back and realized, yes, I had given away, but now I have, I have taken that back. I love that. And again, you're like, so on, like, I literally, so I just went through an experience myself and I just posted about this too. And it was about and, and we were going through labor season. So I was like, this is a big thing for me when it comes to relationships, because we can, there's a space that we can be in and we can be in discernment around self-worth versus self-blame. Yes. And we can say, well, was this me? Like, so something kept happening in a relationship of mine. And I kept saying, this must be me, right? We can, all these thought forms out there, right? Like you create your reality. I do believe that. Like you're a reflection of the person you're, you're like, you know, yeah, there's also like the middle ground too. We have to be mm-hmm. really, and when, you know, if you're listening to this and you're on the spiritual journey, we can get very serious about it, very hard on ourselves, and always trying to fix ourselves, and never giving the other person like, you know, a kind of little slap that like, no, that's yeah. you. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I realized that as these things were happening, I kept, as much as it would make me angry, I kept blaming myself. Like I'm such a horrible, I must be such a horrible person or, and then it came a time when, like you said, this last time it happened, I felt the power of my self-worth in that moment Mm -hmm. of, I see what's happening. Like, this is an invitation for me. And believe me, I didn't even need an invitation (laughs) in that moment. I was like, no, like this isn't even, you know, And this is like a year later after the initial one happened. But um, so obviously I was maybe already there, but this really showed me that we do have to kind of be in that discernment of making sure that we are not taking on blame for other people's actions and that you're in your power around it and giving yourself space and time to process because I needed a few days before I could either even have a conversation like a, about the situation. Like I, and I, they knew that I was like, there's, I can't really even communicate with you right now. And I'm going through my own process around it. And so it, we deserve that. Yes, and it's do. feeling in the body. It's tuning in what's happening for me right now. Oh, I see. Like I am not available for this anymore. And I'm putting my foot in the ground. Yes. So, yeah. 
And then, you know, going back to the beginning of our, of our conversation, that is again, where we can use that tool of dance to move through and heal that energy. And so just in, although we could, we could probably talk forever. I know. (laughs) Just to, just to wrap up, what is the shift that you see in women who come into your dance work and dance community? Well, I will say this, there are, there are like, you know, several ways that I work with women. Dance is one of them. It's a big, Mm -hmm. huge component of those women that are coming in. They're on that sort of awakening spiritually, whatnot. Maybe they're already in their business and they're like, what is the next incarnation? What, what, you know? And so there's like different levels, but the other ways that I work with women is doing, you know, shamanic immersions they're called that I I tap into energies and my guides and I tap into that sacred feminine and get, you know, imprints and stuff of what they need to know again, handing the power back to them. But in every, any experience, whether it's a dance or within these immersions, because there is a movement meditation that I give them prior. Oh God, I can, I'm just going to do this like a list if that's okay, because, yeah, please. you know, it's like you talk about niche, right? Mm -hmm. And for a while I struggled with that. And then I realized, oh, it is purpose because these women are coming back and they're remembering who they are, whether they use it in their vacation, which so many of them do, they leave their jobs and, you know, or it's just who they be in their relationship. There is a sense of empowerment that takes place. And I've heard from women who even reach back out, like you will never believe, you know, I found the love of my life after Mm -hmm. having years and years of disharmony in relationships. So we're cutting the cords too, when we do this from ancestral stuff that we're carrying around. So there's ancestral healing that takes place. So, so in all in all, when they come out of these experiences, it's empowerment within their relationships, it's self-worth, it's discovering oftentimes their medicine, their purpose, their calling. So it's almost like what your calling is, what your purpose and path is, it's going to happen with the intention coming into it, because you are with yourself in the sacred dance and this experience. And what unfolds is what you come in wanting. That's the best way to explain explain it. Yes. And that makes perfect sense. And it is, I can feel that is such a beautifully holistic modality for Mm -hmm. doing that reconnection work. So thank you for sharing your medicine with us today. I'm very grateful. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on this transformative journey. Your support means the world. If you resonated with our conversation and want to uplift the Transforming 45 community, here's what you can do. Connect with me about how you can reclaim your own magic. Check the show notes for all the ways you can find me. Subscribe and share. Hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you found value here, share it with friends, family, and anyone seeking inspiration. Leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your words can make a significant impact and help others find their way to these transformative stories. Join the conversation on social media platforms. Follow us on Instagram at LBoat. You can also find me on Facebook and TikTok. And if you know someone whose story could inspire others, reach out and let me know. I love connecting with diverse voices that carry the power to transform lives. 
Remember, your support fuels my mission to share authentic stories of transformation. Thank you for being part of the Transforming 45 family. Until next time, keep shining your light and embracing your journey. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together, we explore vibrations, frequencies, and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress, and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here. And I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric House Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music. One, two,